Welcome everybody back to the Fire Talk podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be going over Mackenzie Gore after he recently threw 95 to 99. Yes, 99. This is a guy that was hitting like 91, 92 last year in some sessions today in spring training. So if you guys haven't been following the channel for that long, I think a lot of people jumped off the Mackenzie Gore is going to be an ace. He's a future ace kind of like, I don't know, statement or take. And we have not jumped off that. We we have been had a lot of faith in Mackenzie Gore. Um, one of the things that we've brought up is, one, you haven't really had much consistency in terms of the the seasons with COVID, with now this season, and it's just been up and down. He's been he's been injured. He had finger blisters, little things that weren't serious injuries, but just little stuff that was derailing his development. And now we look at Mackenzie Gore. He is going into a season where one, his velocity is up substantially. And two, he's going to be working with Ruben Niebla. So I will say this now. This is the time if you guys kind of sold your stock on McKenzie Gore to go back and buy that stock because this dude is a future ace and we are seeing the tools back at play. I'm I'm hyped. I think if you're looking at, you know, offseason stuff, forget the trade, forget all the rumors, all that kind of stuff. If there's any Padres news that you want to hear, it's McKenzie Gore is looking like a future ace, and that is what we heard today. So I am pumped. I mean, this is, like I said, this is better than trades. This is better than anything like that because this is a guy that is going to be on this team for years to come. He's in the organization, and he's fighting to potentially be a fifth starter. I do not think he's going to be the fifth starter to, to start the season, but he's a guy that in 2023 can easily be in that rotation. So I'm pumped. I, I This is amazing news for me. Uh, Chase, you want to get into McKenzie Gore and a little bit of, you know, his past struggles and kind of where he's at now? Yeah, of course, you mentioned it a little bit um, last year. Specifically, he had a lot of mechanical issues that caused his velocity to dip between the high 90 or high 80s and low 90s. He was very wild. He had little to no command. He was walking people left and right. And it mainly came in El Paso. And then the moment he started to deal with the uh, finger blister, he went down to uh, the Arizona leagues or kind of just the Arizona to rehab and really work on his mechanics and kind of had a mechanical overhaul. His velocity started to jump back up into the mid-90s. He started to have a little bit better of control. His stuff was still there. He just couldn't really locate. Still was struggling with command. And now... He seems to have made another jump in his velocity. I mean, we knew him as a guy that was probably going to sit in the mid-90s. I don't think any of us imagined him ever touching 99 or being close to triple digits. And hearing him touch 99 is just like, okay, this guy is obviously on the come up even more than he was already. So for those who don't know, Mackenzie Gore's like kind of prospect profile, like draft profile. When he was drafted, he had like above average command. He had four plus pitches, including a fastball that would play out to be average. That seems to be jumped up to above average now. And so the only thing left to be seen is, and plus we didn't get to really see it. There is a video out there, Mackenzie Gore throwing, saying that he was touching 95 to 99. It seemed to mainly be the fastball. They didn't say anything about his command other than it was kind of above and around the plate. We don't know where the off speed is with his command either. So now that his mechanics are back together, his velocity is better than ever. His stuff still remains to be seen, like if it's fallen off. But other than that, the main thing Mackenzie Gore should be working on is his command. And the moment he gets command of at least three pitches, the dude's a certified ace. I mean, 
a guy throwing 99 that has a plus change of curveball slider and he throws 99. That's all you need to be a successful MLB pitcher. So the moment he gets command, it's over. He's going to get that fifth spot. He's going to be the ace of the future. And he's going to be the guy that he we drafted him to be, no matter what people have said about him in the past. Yeah, too many people jumped off the bandwagon way too early. It's, I mean, pitchers are going to struggle. That's the reality of it. You know, he was a 21, 22-year-old, and I thought it was unfair for people to not expect him to struggle. Ryan Weathers, 21 years old, they, he struggled in the majors, unfortunately. So that, that probably rocked him quite a bit, and it was unfair of the Padres to put him in that situation. Um, now, luckily for us, they didn't put Mackenzie Gore in that situation because that seems like it would have been even worse for him. Um, something to take away from this. 95 to 99 miles per hour on the fastball. Nobody was making solid contact off of him. Uh, his changeup supposedly looked really good also. Those are the only two pitches he threw today. So, um, you know, very encouraging nonetheless. It's something you want to see for somebody that's a top five prospect. He was your number one prospect. He was a top 10 prospect. And then all of a sudden he falls out of the top 50. People are questioning if he should even be in the top 100, which I think is just absurd. I think he's absolutely a top 50, if not a top 30 prospect, even with some struggles. And I think he's going to prove himself to be in there again. Um, of course, you want to see him implement his, I think it was originally a four pitch mix. It was a curveball, a fastball changeup, and another off speed. I want to say it was a slider. Uh, I don't remember what slider, right? Okay, cool. So it was a four pitch mix and everything was looking good. Now remember in spring training last season, the main concern was his command. It wasn't the velocity. Velocity was sitting around 93, 94, which is kind of what I expect from a lefty, um, especially someone who's you know, still young and, and developing like him. The main question was just his command. How how was he going to, you know, fix that? Because in spring training, it looked quite off. Like my dad went to go watch him. He was just telling me like, yeah, he's got the velocity. It's just his command was off by a lot. Um, and then more concerns started to grow. You started to see dip in velocity. You started to see a lot of things uh, mentally and, and mechanically that were starting to go wrong for Mackenzie Gore that people were talking about. And then the first report you see when baseball is back, as Padre fans, the first report we see is Mackenzie Gore is touching 99 miles per hour with his fastball, sitting around around the zone, and nobody made solid contact off him today. That's one of the the biggest things in Padres news that I can think of. Remember, as soon as Ruben Yebla was signed, one of the first things he did, he got Mackenzie Gore and Petco Park, and they were working together. Mechanically, everything. That's what I saw. So that was, in my opinion, that was the number one priority when Ruben Yebla came is are you going to fix Mackenzie Gore? Because you Darvish, you know, coming off a injury riddled year. Yeah. I expect him to be fine. Um, maybe not as good as he's normally been, but I expect him to be all right. Blake Snell, he already popped off in the back of the back end of the season when one pitching coach was gone. Now there's one that's significant, supposed to be significantly better. He's going to be fine. Joe Musgrove is going to be fine. You know, Mike Clevenger has already worked with him. He's going to be fine. So who's the one left? I guess you can say Chris Paddock also. But Chris Paddock started to look okay in the back end of the year. So who's the one left? It's Mackenzie Gore, the biggest the biggest question mark in the Padres um, farm system right now. How are you going to fix him? And so far, it looks like, uh, I don't know if he worked. I'm not going to say he worked with him or anything, but he did work with him a little bit before the lockout. I don't know what happened during the lockout. But so far, everything's looking good for Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, and, and like you said, Isaac, like this is, in terms of Padres news, this is like, this is what you want to hear. Um, with the command questions, I think when you kind of start looking at that, you go, okay, well, what's the best way to fix in, to fix a pitcher that has command issues? Bring in a pitching coach 
that is known for completely determining what pitchers need to do with their mechanics and fixing those those issues and those inconsistencies with their mechanics. Ruben Niebla gets praised like no one else about this stuff. Mike Clevenger, that's a guy who is completely going to vouch for him, talked about in the past how great of a pitching coach is. And you go and you look at that Cleveland Indians slash Guardians organization, and you go, these guys, all the pitchers that came to there, one, that's like the best place to develop pitchers in the MLB over the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, I'd say. Um, all the pitchers that have come, come to there and become aces and become star players either there or elsewhere talk about how great of a role Ruben Niebel played. Now he has a guy, now he has a lefty, a huge lefty who is touching 99 on a fastball which was supposed to be the one pitch that like wasn't the dominant pitch because it was more about, you know, the the big curveball that he has, the plus changeup that he has. And he's already showing improvements in command. Now, I don't think this is, you know, like the be all tell all with like a some like a session basically. Uh, I call it like a bullpen session I guess today. Um but this is huge news. This is this is massive and you know, we start looking at some of the stuff that we want to see from him. If command's a big issue, I have full faith that Ruben Niebla is the guy that can work with him to fix to resolve those issues. And Chase, I think you brought it up. If he can throw, if he can consistently locate three of his pitches, and he is touching ninety nine, he is between ninety five to ninety nine. Because that's that was always a big question with Chris Paddock when he was coming up. The the velocity would go up and down, it go up and down, and that would kind of show like, all right, Paddock's velocity is all over the place. He's going to struggle. Oh, it's not. He's throwing he's throwing hard. He's throwing ninety six. Oh, he's going to look good. So if we see that with McKenzie Gore, that his velocity is able to stay the same and there's command, I mean, the sky's the limit for him, right? Like that's that's the way I think that that we've seen it. And it just has been so rough for him. Going back, we see that he struggled in AAA. We see that he struggled throughout the minor league system. He did not have a routine development after he was drafted. One, he's drafted really young. Two, he's only he just turned 23. Like, and we've talked about in the past. Most pitchers come into the league or like kind of like reach like their like first like, all right, we're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to perform at MLB level at 24. He's not even there yet. And he had the COVID year. He had a year where he was just at like USD all year. Uh, now he had, you know, this this lockout. Like it's just been so chaotic. He's had little injuries. Like, like, it's really hard for a guy who's trying to get it together to get it together when everything around him is just all over the place. Now we haven't even seen consistency yet, but we have seen improvements from him from last, the end of last season to today. And that's huge for, for the Padres, uh, especially moving forward. So that's all I have on McKenzie Gore. Um, I did want to add one thing for, for all you guys and take this with a grain of salt. But one, and this is not like a, a report, all right? I don't want to put this out here as a report. But one of my friends who lives in LA was in a barber shop about a week ago. This is not good news for the Padres, by the way. Was in a barber shop about a week ago. And... Freddie Freeman was in the barber shop, and Freddie and this guy was wearing a Dodger hat. He's a he's a Dodgers fan, and basically Freddie Freeman inferred to him, like you're gonna like the way free agency starts. So I know this is a guy we've been talking about a lot. I told Chase and Isaac about this. This is not a not a good sign, but I wanted to let everyone know just in case that does happen. We'll we'll see. I know there's been heavy interest in him. This is not a report. This is something I was told by a friend. So don't want to put that in your report, but I did want to bring it up to y'all. I feel like that's. It's a fair thing to do. You guys, you guys listen to the show. You guys want to hear news about, about the MLB, about the Padres. Um, and I feel like that is very relevant. So that sucks. Hopefully we talk about Freddie Freeman. Hopefully this guy's wrong. Hopefully Freeman is just screwing with them. Um, but I did hear that. So 
not not the best news Padres front, but the McKenzie Gore stuff that's better than this, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anything anything else you guys want to add on McKenzie Gore or or Freddie Freeman? I guess. You know, once those minor league games start, we can actually see him face some actually live hitters. And if he looks good there, I think you know what everybody that was doubting him, you know, owes him an apology because you know what this kid's got a really special talent. You don't see a lot of left throwing 99 with three plus off speed pitches. And if he gets his command back together, I'll owe him an apology for slandering his name for the past year. Yeah, if you jumped off the bandwagon, go look at our past videos because we never did. Um, we've been heavily against, you know, the people who say trade him for whatever, you know, might as well trade him while his value is still there. Like, no, why would you trade him while his value is still there when his value is so much higher than it was in the past? Like his actual value, what he brings to the table is so much higher than what it was in like what, like an eight month span? Because the rest of the years that he was a Padre was his value was untradeable. Then there was some eight months where he's not, where people want to trade him. And I bet now people are going to say, oh man, like why did we even think about trading him? You know, because I mean, the the difference in time that he's untradeable to suddenly he's trading for a bag of chips is, um, you know, that just tells me everything. Like, why would you trade him? Um, other than that though, uh, man, Freddie Freeman. Oof. I mean, it's something that I, I kind of expect to happen. Um, I expect either the Dodgers or or the Braves. I really don't expect the Yankees. If uh, I could be on freezing cold takes for all I know after this, um, but hopefully not, uh, because I, I don't expect the Yankees. But that, uh, I don't know how to feel. You know, I I told Matt and Chase that that does happen. You saw the Giants sign Carlos Rodon. Um, the the Dodgers might come away with uh, with uh, Freddie Freeman. And I'm thinking, you know, this means the Padres are going to do something big too. But how? You owe Will Myers $20 million. You owe Eric Hosmer either $13 or $20 million. I forgot what it is. $20 million. You, I mean, Fernando's pay, his, uh, his uh, cap hit, I'm going to call it, I don't know what it's called in baseball. I'm assuming it's the same thing. It's not that, that high. Um, Manny's is high. So... What are you going to do? You know, and we've talked about Jorge Soler. We've talked about Kyle Schwarber, Seiya Suzuki. Um, those aren't exactly splash signings the way Freddie Freeman is, but also Kyle Schwarber hit 32 home runs with almost a, with like a, an above 900 OPS last year. Jorge Soler is a guy that, you know, um, Ryan was talking about it with Chase yesterday, would have hit 30, 40 plus bombs in, in Peco Park, um, 40 plus bombs in Peco Park. Who's the other guy? Oh, say Suzuki has, you know, the most, he he's probably has the most upside out of the free agency class. He's like top five and most upside in the free agency class because, you know, I think eventually he could become an 800 OPS hitter with a, with solid defense. He could become that at only a 12 to $15 million per year rate. So, you know, there's still some signings out there the Padres could do, but how the hell do the Dodgers keep doing this? You know, the big signing, you know, the big thing that the Padres would do to respond to Freeman, and it is all of our worst nightmares come to fruition. You guys know who it is. You guys can deny it all you want. The way that Preller would respond to that is going out giving Nick Castellanos a huge contract. With his past record, that is the exact move he would do. Yeah, we are. We're not. 
We're not excited about that. Also, did he didn't wasn't Soler supposed to be over forty bombed if he played in Peko? That's like ridiculous. Forty five exactly. Would would Cassianos have hit twenty in Peko? I'm 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 asking like I don't know. I think it's around twenty, right? Because he no, only had he had thirty. I, I would bet like he had. 30, like 32, I would bet he's around 23 at Petco because, I mean, how many times have we called it the American small park? You know, it's yeah. like, anyway, um, look out for the for the the eyes going this way. I don't even know what they're called emoji. Apparently, you know, a lot of people get a lot of a, a lot of publicity when they tweet, though. So I might, I just might, I might just do it. Just to let you guys know, you know, there's speculation. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how this all plays out. I will say, like I think you brought brought up a lot of names, and I still believe like the Padres' best route in free agency is maybe not necessarily signing like a top end guy, but getting a couple guys that can be contributors that can be difference makers at lower price tags, and you already have your two stars in Fernando and Manny, and I'd say Cronworth is up there too. Um, so you got a great rotation. You got good news about the the future rotation about potentially the rotation. I don't know about to begin the year. But like in the middle of the season, you could have five great arms. And if you have five great arms and you have some good complimentary pieces to add around Manny and Tatis, we have a really, really good team. So I, I still think like even if Freeman does become a Dodger, I don't think it's like the end of the world or anything. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how that that plays out. Um, I, I do wonder about the Yankees. I don't really think that's going to happen. It seems like it's – it seems like Freeman's also been linked to like every single team in the league. I saw someone tweeted that a couple days ago. Like, yeah, by the time uh, the lockout ends, uh, Freeman's going to have been linked to all 30 baseball teams, um, which is it definitely felt like there's been like 10 plus of them. But also that's been like the same thing with Carlos Correa as well. So we see how it plays out. Um, we're going to be getting you guys as much news on all of the the MLB rumors, all of M- the Padres trades, anything that they're kind of doing. Um, but right now, as you can all tell, it's pretty quiet um, in terms of the trade front. But We'll let you guys know, keep you updated and all that stuff. Um, hopefully can get a, a bunch of uh, rumors throughout this weekend. So John Heyman just tweeted out, Mariners, Giants, Dodgers, Cubs, Red Sox, among the hottest pursuers of outfielder, talented all-around outfielder, Seiya Suzuki. The, he, he completely misspelled this tweet. But um, <laughs> we'll talk about this in another episode, but interesting that he didn't include the Padres in there. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's got. We've been we've been really high on Isaiah Suzuki, so that is really disappointing. And that literally, I see the same tweet. That happened like about thirty seconds ago. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll keep you updated. Hopefully, there's some more stuff. Anytime trades drop, we might go live. We might post a video like 10, 15 minutes later after we record. Just kind of depends on on how big it is. Um, but we'll keep you guys updated throughout. Hopefully, this is a, a very very eventful weekend. From what I've read, is that it seems like. 24 to 20 to 36 hours after lockout ends is when the trades are going to really start picking up. So that's right about now. Um, so hopefully that does indeed happen. Cause I want to, I want to see a bunch of crazy stuff go down, but that's going to do it for today's episode. So well, maybe for today's episode, maybe we'll have another one later. Hopefully, hopefully the say Suzuki tweet is wrong by John Heyman. Cause that would suck if that's the case. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. See ya.